Um, and yeah, most but most stadiums I've really been to have been what I expected, if not much better. So it's um, yeah, it's been a fantastic trip. I'm just seeing some amazing, amazing stadiums. That is that is very very cool. I'm super excited. And you know what? Um, you know they might have uh, cut us out. They might have cut out the little uh, win bet promotion that I did there. So I'm just going to remind the uh, folks one more time, really quick, before we dive in. That we are uh, the SGPF Fantasy Football Podcast, brought to you by the uh, WinBet. WinBet is now live in Arizona, Colorado, Indiana, Louisiana, Michigan, New Jersey, New York, Tennessee, and Virginia. From boosted same-game parlays to live in-game odd bets, WinBet has what you need to win. Sign up today, bet $100, and get $100 free bet at sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash WinBet. That's sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash winbet. Okay. I think they uh, I think it started late. I was having a little connection issue. So I thought we already had done the little promo there. So but welcome again, everybody. Um, you know, I think they caught a lot of that uh, of what you did there. But yeah, well, like I was telling, if they, if they missed the beginning part, Andy is traveling through America. Dude, going, he went to 14 different games, um, which is crazy over just what is that, six week span? That's nuts. Yeah. So what, 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 give me, break it down for me. Which, what's your favorite, what are a couple of your favorite spots to see a game so far out of the ones you've been to? Um, I think just location wise, since of to visit as a, for non sport wise, I say Chicago has been my favorite place. I just love everything about where that is and sort of what you can do in Chicago. But in terms of the stadiums, I think to look at aesthetically, I think it has to be for me either the Viking Stadium, US Bank, or I mean, both of them were just. In, uh, Seattle actually was one of them actually as well. Just you go in there and it's just it just takes your breath away about how the atmosphere to the just how it looks. So I think those two really stood out for me. But for atmosphere, nothing beats Arrowhead. I mean, it was a division game which helped, and it was a prime night football game against the Raiders. But even so, it just made it just. Uh, it was I can't play enough of that atmosphere in Arrowhead. I mean, I. What we want to go because I'm a big fan of the homes and I love just I've loved seeing our head on TV and I've heard so much about the decibels and about how loud it can get and it was everything I hoped for and more it really was and I know that means a lot to you as well but um and yeah it, it just was yeah an incredible incre- incredible day and also really apart from last night everywhere I've been it's been mostly warm I mean Chicago was cold but you know went to Jacksonville it was really warm you know New Orleans Atlanta. Houston, it's just been, I've not needed really a coat, really, mostly at all. It's been mostly, you know, T-shirt and shorts weather, which has made it, you know, that much better as well. Hey, that's awesome, man. I'm super, yeah, I'm glad you enjoyed Arrowhead. I uh, actually was able to make it uh, to Arrowhead for the Buffalo Bills game. Not quite. Oh, yeah, not, didn't, it, it didn't It didn't end up good, you know, it didn't end up right, unfortunately, like the Raiders game. You know, that was an exciting game. My Chiefs pulled out the Bills game. We came up short. Um, you know, I thought we were right there with them the whole time, though. It was a great atmosphere. Bills fans were were there in force. Um, they travel, definitely travel well. And a shout out to them. You know, they were at, already at all the barbecue spots when I got in town. They're pretty smart. <laughs> yeah, no, that, that, that's a fan base. I mean, I've seen some great fan bases travel. Like, I'd be, I've seen the Giants travel to Jacksonville, and they traveled well. Same as Baltimore with Tampa Bay, you know, but and Philadelphia actually was quite good last week at Houston. But uh, overall, I mean, the Buffalo Bills fan base is just one that, even though you know, not a big fan of the team myself, being a Dolphins fan, but I, I you gotta give credit to that fan base because they support their team through thick and thin in the years gone by. And you see in the tailgates, you see the fans whenever they go to any game. It's just, it's a massive party essentially, and it's it's just. They do bring they do bring the atmosphere to the stadiums. 
Oh man, yeah, they, it's uh, you know, it'll be exciting. I expect to see them again, unfortunately, in the playoffs. So it'll be another exciting matchup. But with that, we'll dive in here. Um, I usually start off uh, these shows for starting starting off about the Thursday night matchup. Another another great Amazon Prime matchup here. We got the Atlanta Falcons versus the Carolina Panthers. That the matchup everyone wanted to see all week. So <laughs> uh, oh, I don't know. I don't know how Amazon Prime gets all these terrible football games, but. <laughs> Um, Carolina won 25-15. Um, obviously, the Falcons struggled on offense. You know, it, 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 it they seem to be, it, they were, they're ranked pretty highly on offense for the year, but it just seems like, you know, it's just such a slow-paced offense that it seems like they were bound to have some games like this, and I think you'll have some more coming up here. Marcus Mariota only 19-30, 186 yards, two touchdowns, an interception. Um, people were calling for Desmond Ritter last night. Drake London did have, a, you know, a, a it had a touchdown, which is nice, you know, uh, five receptions for 38 yards, which isn't isn't great, but one touchdown saved his fantasy day. Do you have any impressions that, you know, do, do you think, I personally think that this is going to be a little bit more of the offense going forward. I think they've kind of gotten a little bit lucky this year in scoring as many points as they have. Do you see uh, this is a fluke game, or do you see kind of the offense continuing to struggle going forward as we go down the stretch here? Yeah, I think, you know, Mariota, I think we all saw in Tennessee what kind of quarterback he was, and it was very much, you know, not anything special. And I think, you know, he had a good few weeks in Atlanta, but I think we saw in this game especially that, you know, he's had his honeymoon period now in Atlanta. And for me now, I think this will be the story going forward. And I think that, I think we will see point, whether it's, you know, next week, whether it's just the final week of the season or something, but I think they draft him for a reason. I think that eventually Mariota was probably knew, his, he probably knew he was going to be, you know, a bridge callback for the next one. You feel, you know, the more this goes on and he keeps playing like this, I can't see it being too long before Ritter does eventually come in and come in and start for them. Yeah, I mean they they still. I think when I looked at it yesterday, I have the uh, the playoff odds written down here somewhere. I think I still think that they have like the eighth or ninth best odds to make the, make it in the playoffs, which is insane right now. I I think that's going to drop off a little bit here. Oh, I do have it right here. Hmm. No, they're not in the top seven right now. Oh, so maybe they are. A little, maybe they're. I think they're a tenth or eleven. So they're a little bit lower. But yeah, I think that'll continue to decrease here. And uh, yeah, I do. You know, I would not be surprised if they go end up going to Desmond Ritter as they begin to look toward twenty twenty three and potentially one of those first round quarterbacks that there are many of. On the Carolina side, uh, you know, another disappointing game for DJ Moore. Um, you know, Lavisca Chenault got a got a nice touchdown. Um, I I don't think there's much to see there. He's not uh, someone I'm rushing to add or anything like that. But the highlight of the game was Deontay Foreman, 31 carries, 130 yards, and a touchdown, entering that workhorse role. Um, we didn't see much Chuba Hubbard. Um, I I didn't get a chance. I was bartending and I can't watch the game anymore. Thanks Jeff Bezos because of uh, he has it stuck on Prime and these TVs I have aren't smart TVs. But uh, so I'd have to read up a little bit on Hubbard's. Uh, health and how he was go, uh, feeling last night. But, you know, it is Deontay Foreman's backfield right now. Uh, do, you, do you have any impressions on his game at the moment? Yeah, I think for me, you know, Foreman, you know, he was uh, the main sort of go-to guy. I mean, you saw P.J. Walker, I mean, looking at his stats again, he only got, what, 5.72 points on the standard sleeper league, um, 108 yards, um, only 16, uh, only 10 from 16 completions-wise. Um, and, yeah, he, only had, he had three carries rushing for 14 yards. So, I think... We saw with the Panthers, especially you know, now they've got you know interim coach and Steve Wilkes rather than Matt Rule. I think we are seeing what the offense is going to look like under Steve Wilkes. I think it's going to be run first. Foreman had a lot of success. I mean, even the touchdown from um, I think it was the Viscuit or not was 
pretty much a, a lot of time was yards after catch. I think we've seen a lot of the Panthers in this game. I think we will see it moving forward, especially now Christian McCaffrey is no, no, no longer there. I, I think we're going to see a lot of, of form. And I think more than Hubbard, I, I think Hubbard only had five carries or something like that in the game. So I don't think he had the carries that shows to me that he's going to be the guy you want in fantasy. And I think that Dante Foreman, especially, you know, if you've already had him, picked him late in the draft, I think perfect. And I think there's a lot of leagues. I imagine that no one's got him because no one probably had him in their minds come the start of the year with Christian McCaffrey there. Um, so I think he's definitely someone you can pick up now. I think he's someone you can get. Um, he's in, in a waiver wire or just as a free agent. And I do think that if you haven't got, if you have got him, I do recommend maybe not as a running back one or running back two, but I think certainly as a flex option, I think there's no harm in putting him in, in your team. You know, I, I ended up, uh, I, I have a lot of leagues with Deontay Foreman just because I, you know, I got him off the waiver wire a couple of weeks ago and I took him out of like half, you know, I have him in like eight leagues, you know, I'm, I'm in a ton, but I took him out of like half of them just because I was, you know, I just wasn't sure about his workload. I wouldn't, didn't know how much Shuba Hubbard was going to get. And I, I wish I just would have left him in. So that's a little bit disappointing. But before we dive into some fantasy football headlines going into week 10, um, Ready to win more money and boost your odds? WinBet is now live in Arizona, Colorado, Indiana, Louisiana, Michigan, New Jersey, New York, Tennessee, and Virginia. We're bringing the excitement of Win Las Vegas to online sports betting and casino play. Exclusive rewards and rights at your fingertips with Win Rewards and on WinBet. Be on the lookout for the WinBet Win Hour each Thursday from 5 to 6 p.m. Eastern Time during WinBet Win Hour. Marquee games of the week will have better odds on WinBet, giving you a larger payout opportunity. Great promos. Odds and payouts are happening right now at WinBet. From boosted same-day game game parlays to live in-game odds on every major sport, WinBet has what you need to win. Ready to play? Sign up today to receive a special offer. Bet $100, win $100. There's so much to choose from. All you have to do is head over to sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash WinBet so they know we sent you. That's sportsgamblingpodcast slash W-Y-N-N-B-T to claim your free bet today. Offer subject to change. Terms and conditions at winbet.com. Must be 21 or older and present in the state where playthrough winbet is available. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem, call 1-800-522-4700. All right. The first headline I had up for this week was the TJ Hawkinson debut. You know, that was the big – that seemed like it was the big trade last week. Uh, TJ Hawkinson going for a second-round pick from Detroit to Minnesota Vikings. Um, he, had a, he had a great start, nine receptions, 70 yards. He was the tight end five last week. Uh, ran a route on 83.7% uh, of plays, which is elite for a tight end. Um, yeah, I thought it was a great debut. You know, I didn't move him up much, my fantasy football rankings or anything like that on the move. I thought he could continue being that kind of mid-tier tight end one still. But, um, yeah, it was a great debut. And I think, you know, what we could see is a little bit more consistency because this uh, Vikings offense is, you know, a little bit better. So uh, what were your similar impressions on TJ Hawkinson and, um, on his debut and uh, what we can expect going forward? Yeah, I actually, on fancy, I made a trade about a fortnight before the trade went through. I traded, it seemed silly at the time, I traded away, because my, when we had too many wide receivers, and I didn't want to get rid of, you know, Cut, Diggs, you know, even OBJ, because I think he wouldn't be somewhere and do well. So I had to get, get rid of someone, and I picked Pittman purely because of the quarterback situation, which made no sense, because I then traded Hawkinson to, um, for Pittman, which looked silly at the time, but then I think with the Colts, um, you know, the Colts issues at, at quarterback. Sam Ellinger is currently doing it, but he's not exactly lighting it up. So I think Hawkinson, I think now he's playing under a much more exciting and dynamic offense in Minnesota compared to Detroit. I do think that 
he's definitely a tight end. Well, I don't think you get the same points, you know, as the likes of Mark Andrews and Cavs, sort of standard main two you want. But I think certainly as a wide, a third or fourth option for tight end, I think he's certainly a guy you can look at because they're going to be looking for, they'll be going for the playoffs. They're not looking to, you know, get the, low, the first overall pick or anything like that. I think the Vikings can be looking for playoffs and try and win this division. And I think certainly if your league ends in week 14, which may well be when they win the division, I think they'll certainly be a team to have players for. Justin Jefferson will have the main targets, but I think you look at then it's Thielen and, and Hawkinson, and I think either one of them two is going to get you points because teams are going to, you know, they're going to double coverage. Uh, Jefferson, they're going to double team him. They're going to, their, their game plan's going to be around trying to stop Je- Jefferson. So I think as a second or third option receiving, I think you've got Thielen, get him as well. But I think Hawkinson, I think it's definitely a tight end, tight end you want. Uh, yeah, absolutely. And it's just, in, you know, um, yeah, it's just going to be more, a little bit more consistent in Minnesota because Jared Goff, as the pass rush comes, you can you kind of see his play go as well. And kind of TJ Hawkins, there, there was a lot of mouths to feed, too. Uh, you know, you had the running game with Jamal Williams. DeAndre Swift was going to command a lot of targets. Amon Ross St. Brown, DJ Shark at the beginning of the year. You know, um, so I do think it's a little bit more clear for TJ Hawkinson to be um, that, you know, that second target a lot of weeks behind Justin Jefferson. Adam Thielen will mix in there, too. Um, but yeah, it is exciting for TJ Hawkins. I, you know, I do think um, he doesn't move too much in my ranking still. I still have him behind Dallas Goddard. And um, so he still kind of fits into that mid tight end one, you know, six, six is five, six, seven range. So although, but I do think it unlocks some upside for him. So I am excited about that for TJ Hawkinson. Um, on to the next one here. Uh, man, it's just been all those quarterback ones in fantasy drafts that we had. All, you know, all like the Tom Brady. Russell Wilson, all those late round quarter, you know, that we were like, man, these are going to be some great values. They're going to have a great season. They are struggling this year. Um, just, I'm just going to read off a list here for you. Justin Herbert, quarterback 13 in fantasy points per game. Tom Brady, quarterback 22 in fantasy points per game. Derek Carr is 23rd in fantasy points per game. Russell Wilson is 24th. Aaron Rodgers is 25th. And Matthew Stafford is 29th in fantasy points per game. Those are all courtesy of fantasy pros, um, except for, you know, Justin Herbert's teetering on quarterback one territory. That's not anywhere close to his draft uh, where he was going in drafts, though, as a top three quarterback. Um, Tom Brady is barely a quarter and Derek Carr, barely quarterback two. is Russell Wilson, quarterback 24, barely a quarterback two. Um, and Rodgers and Stafford haven't even been quarterbacks in super flex leagues. That's a I have a I have a dynasty super flex league where my starters are Aaron Rodgers and Matthew Stafford. And you can guess how you can guess how my season's been going. <laughs> it's already over in that one. I'm already looking toward next year. It's outrageous, but um, so I think it's over for most of these guys. You know, I think like you know, we we can you know, if you're in a redraft league, you can cut them. I, I think we, you know, we there are better options. I would rather be starting Trevor Lawrence, Jared Goff going forward. I'm not saying that they can't get it, but um, if, it may, if you have the bench space, you know, keep them on your bench. But you, but these players are not starters anymore, in my opinion. Um, you know, they're they've already cost fantasy managers some playoff spots, so. Do you, do you see any do you, any of the guys I listed? Do you see any pass to redemption for any of these guys down the stretch? Um, I don't think. I think Rogers is one you certainly need to look at getting rid of because I think their schedule is brutal. They've got to play the Dallas Cowboys and the Eagles in the next two games. You know they've still got to play Miami. They've still got to play all these teams that are fighting for playoffs. But I think the Buccaneers is one that I think they can turn around because we saw the Falcons lost last night. So that division, they're already leading it. They can go two wins clear of the Falcons in the NFC South. With the Saints and Panthers not looking great either, I do think that you know they they can win the division maybe with 
you know, six, seven, eight, nine wins. But I do think that we saw with the Buccaneers win against the Rams, I think we saw Tom Brady showing some life left. I think he showed in that fourth quarter comeback. And I, th- I think that may be the win. A bit like the Chiefs last year, I think that could be the win that ignites their season. And I think they're still currently, you know, the fourth seed in the NFC, the current playoff picture. So I think they are a team, he's a player, sorry, that I think you should definitely keep. And I've actually started him over Stafford now in one of my leagues because I think with their upcoming schedule, they've got to play next. They've got to play Seattle and Germany. And then they've got to buy. And then they've got to play the Cleveland Browns. And the New Orleans Saints, they've still got to play the Falcons and Panthers and the Cardinals. And so I think there they've got some winnable games. I think that, you know, even though he's not got the same help he had in recent years, he's still got Godwin and Evans, but he's not got that third fourth choice that he had in recent years. But I do think he's the one out of those ones you mentioned that can potentially turn it around and get you points on fantasy. Yeah, I like that pick. Um, Tom Brady still has weapons as well, which I think it's important to note. Um, you know, a lot of these quarterbacks on the list, Justin Herbert, no Mike Williams, no Kane and Allen, uh, Derek Carr, um, you know, Hunter Renfro has been in and out of the lineup. Darren Waller has been uh, injured and he just went on injured. Both players just went on injured reserve, so it's hard to expect things to uh, continue there. Russell Wilson, that offense is just out of sync. Um, you know, the offensive line has been playing that well. The play calling is questionable. Aaron Rodgers, there's no receiving weapons to speak of really outside of Alan Lazard and Stafford. The offensive line is really struggling. You know, the Tampa Bay offensive line is struggling too. Um, but, you, you know, you see Mike Evans, Chris Godwin on that on that lineup, and it's just hard not to have a little bit of hope. So Tom Brady would be my pick there too. And if Mike Williams and Keenan Allen can get back shortly, I think Justin Herbert is just a great quarterback. So you could see that as well. Um, and the last thing here before we jump into the underdog stuff here is uh, Justin Fields. Uh, man, what a turnaround. Um, it's just been an incredible, uh, yeah, last few weeks for him. He's uh, he's eighth in fantasy points per game already, four straight quarterback one performances, uh, and he's been sub 210 passing yards at every single game. But he's only uh, and he's 26th, and the Chicago Bears are 26th in the NFL in pass attempts. So he's really making all that uh, all this production with his legs, and um, it's really paid off dividends for fantasy football. Um, you know, he was unstartable. You know, we were wondering if he was going to make it through the year. Um, at the first few weeks, and now he's been stellar. Um, this is just kind of that cheat code with rushing quarterbacks, in my opinion. Uh, they will always have some ba- value, especially if they can get anything going offensively. Um, he doesn't really even need to pass. But it is encouraging, I think, just to see how well he's playing with the weapons that he has around him. You know, just considering what Aaron Rodgers is struggling with and Matthew Stafford and all these other great quarterbacks are struggling without receiving weapons. And you see Justin Fields making the most of it. I think that, you know, this is great, you know, Great indicator for his future, and uh, I'm moving him up into quarterback one territory in my dynasty rankings. What are your some impressions of Justin Fields so far? Yeah, I think we've seen in recent weeks, especially, he's really turned up a notch. I mean, he's called a sleeper. He's the eighth best callback overall this season. He's had three straight 20 points or more performances on fantasy. He was the number one ranked quarterback in week nine points wise. He was fourth in week eight, and uh, he's fifth in week seven. Um, and the next two games he's got is a game that I really think you should look out for because he's got to play the Detroit Lions and Atlanta Falcons, who have the seventh and sixth worst run defences this season, respectively. Um, and Atlanta also have the worst pass defence, Lions the eighth worst. So I think, you know, they're, both these teams are placed playing in the next two games. They're both struggling both the field defensively. And I think with the Claypool addition as well, I think he's got 
a weapon to throw to now. So I think he is definitely someone that, you know, people should look out for starting in fancy because he's just, I think, especially dynasty, because I think we've now seen him as well. He can perform and he, he is showing signs of being the quarterback. We all saw impressing us at, at Ohio State. Um, so I do think that the Bears can go, especially next year, if they draft a good receiver or if they get one in free agency, not that there's a lot of good receivers out there, really. Um, I, I do think he's someone that you should look for because he's shown now what he can do. And he's just, I mean, that touchdown he scored against the Dolphins was just electric. And it was just, you know, was it 61 yards, I think it was, or something? And he just tore, even though it's a bad defense at the moment, I think he, he absolutely tore us apart. And I think that he was lucky, unlucky not to get the win, really, with the whole defensive pass interference miss call. Um, and I think that he is showing me a lot of signs that he is someone that yeah, he, he can trust on, on fantasy football. Yeah, you know, it's it, he just has upside that few quarterbacks actually have in this game. You know, you see he's like he has that uh, Lamar Jackson electricness, you know, that Jalen Hurt, you know, he's, you know, even more so even than Jalen Hurts, in my opinion, with his pre rushing ability. So uh, definitely exciting for fantasy football. Uh, you know, it, we're, I'm going to be looking here. It would be really easy for me to continue moving up my rankings with his kind of upside. So super excited about that. With that, we're just about to dive into some of the underdog DFS this weekend. But before we do, we're going to pay this last round of bills. Just remind you about the SGPN merch store. Get your holiday shopping done early at the SGPN merch store. SGPN gear is the perfect stocking stuffer for the D-Gen in your life. I really like all, you know, I love the sweatshirts. I love all the beanies, you know, just as we go into wintertime. Um, you know, I've been stocking up on a lot of those, a lot of super new colors and uh, cool new colors and everything like that. So we're excited about that. Plus, from now until Thanksgiving, you can get 10% off when you use the promo code Dallas Sucks. <laughs> That's store.com, promo code Dallas Sucks. That's hilarious. Um, obviously, we have some uh, uh, Dallas Cowboy haters at, uh, <laughs> at the top of our uh, SGPN uh, hierarchy there. So that's hilarious. I remember, uh, I believe it was Sean or Kramer, uh, one of our head guys there. Uh, he was mentioning that. I love that. So, um, yeah, use uh, use your hatred of Dallas to save some money at the SGP and merch store this week. So that's super funny. But with that, we're going to dive into some underdog battle royale, you know, just to explain it to because it's a brand. It is a pretty new platform. Underdog's a new company. They're fantastic. It's my favorite new, uh, new place to play fantasy football. But just to explain to people, it's a fifty five thousand person tournament. And it's a six, and it, go, it divides into six-person drafts. And this is just like DFS, except without um, without salary, we're doing a draft. You go into six-person drafts, six rounds. You draft six players, one quarterback, one running back, two wide receivers, one tight end, and one flex position. So it's a little bit shallower than your average DFS lineup. Only thirty-six players are taken in total. Um, but yeah, you get thrown into that larger fifty-five thousand pool tournament, and the grand prize is fifty thousand dollars with uh, you know lots of lower prizes lower than that as well so it's super fun um you know it's just a different kind of strategy with dfs underdog does a great job so with that i want to dive into some strategy talk really quick um just to andy i know that um underdog is unavailable in the uk yet hopefully i'll get it there soon but um so you don't specifically play underdog which is absolutely fine we're just going to be going to you for some player takes here but what i do tell people in this is that the quarterback position is so important in these underdog battle royales because um, every single week so far, the grand prize winners had a top three quarterback performance. There's only six quarterbacks drafted in total in these drafts. So 
we're looking for really high end outcomes here. So I always end up going, I have a list of players that, you know, that I would consider, you know, drafting, you know, uh, most of the quarterbacks in this league don't have that kind of upside to win you that grand prize money. So just going off this list here, I have Patrick Mahomes, Josh Allen, um, Kirk Cousins, Justin Fields, uh, Tua Tagovailoa, and Kyler Murray, and Trevor Lawrence as my uh, quarterbacks that I, I'm going to be drafting this week. And you can get a little bit more contrarian than that if you're doing a lot of drafts, but in most of my drafts, I'll be sticking with these guys. Uh, starting off with the number one quarterback on the slate, he's going uh, – and just and just so you know as well, people are catching on to this. So you know the quarterbacks in these drafts as well go in the first. You know, go really early. Patrick Mahomes is the fifth player taken right now. Um, how do you like that matchup with the Jacksonville Jaguars this weekend? I think get as many Chiefs offensive players as you can because mm-hmm. I think the Jags have got the have got the ninth worst pass defense, um, whereas we've got the tenth best run defense. So their their struggles in defense have really come in the form of of the passing game, and I think that you know. In this game especially, I mean, you've got a lot of options. I mean, Mahomes, me, I've started him in my DraftKings lineup because he is just someone that I think for me, he's been the best quarterback this year on the field, regardless of fantasy football. So I think added Love fantasy it. as well, a guy that can use his legs, also a guy that can throw the ball really well. I think that he is someone that you should definitely look to add because, and even going on further than that, look at Juju Smith-Schuster, McCall Hardman especially, you know, on sleeper, Juju got 18.80 in week nine, 25.40 points in week seven. And then week six, you got 22.30, which means he's got 111.20 points already in 2022, which is more than he had in 2021. And he's just um, two points away from having what he had, more than what he had then in 2019. And then McCall Hardman had just under 20 points in week nine on sleeper, 28 points in week seven, and then week six, 12.20. And I think this is why Mahomes is my to the MVP vote quarterback-wise. He'd be my vote out of any quarterback because, you know, we've seen two perform adding Hill, but Mahomes is performing to the same level without him. And I think, you know, we're now seeing a more balanced chief offense. So we're seeing, obviously, Kelsey's still the number one guy. But apart from that, you've still got, you know, Hardman and MBS, of course, it's a, the fourth choice. So that's not a bad fourth choice to have. So I think if you're going to take Chiefs players, I think I would definitely look at, obviously, Kelsey's one as well, tight end-wise, but in terms of the receiver game, Juju or McCall Hardman. But callback-wise, I think of all the callbacks you mentioned, especially with Josh Allen, you know, potentially not playing this week, I do think that Mahomes is a must. I think if you're drafting or setting up your lineup or whatever form of fantasy you do, I think Mahomes should be your number one choice because he's just going to get point after point against this pretty poor Jacksonville defense. Yes, they uh, rank 21st against the pass. I think I have here uh, 22nd in yards allowed. Uh, 22nd yards allowed. Um, oh yeah, and it's 21st against opposing quarterbacks here. So that's a good matchup for them. Um, you know what I tell people. You know I always try to get people stacking option. Most of the grand prize winner in the underdog DFS tournaments have a single stack option. Um, it's such a shallow pool that we. I always tell people it's it's hard to double stack. It's very few because. We're looking for super high-end outcomes. We're trying to hit that kind of perfect lineup with it being so shallow. And it's really hard for two wide receivers on the same team to kind of get that kind of high-end outcome. So in the underdog DFS, we're looking for single stack options. Uh, Kelsey and Patrick Mahomes both have first run. Travis Kelsey is on average the first or second player taken in the draft. So it's going to be really hard to stack those two together. Uh, But Juju is a great stacking option. Um, Don't have his – oh, Juju. His ADP is 24.1, so you can kind of get him at that fourth and fifth round turn. 
He would go great with Patrick Mahomes this weekend. He's cleared 100 yards two of his past three games. Um, he's really establishing himself as the wide receiver one in that offense. But if you're doing a lot of drafts and you can somehow get Kelsey and Pat, you know, either Kelsey or Patrick Mahomes in that second round, absolutely do it. So um, the next one I have up here is Josh Allen. Josh Allen's ADP is 20.1. Um, that is clearly because of his health and people anticipate ri the risk of him not playing this weekend. Uh, and that, that's just kind of the risk when you play underdog. The, the draft is locked in. So one, once you draft and you draft a Josh Allen and he doesn't play, there's no save, you know, there's no saving you after that. So I get kind of a little bit of the hesitation, but um, I still like the upside there, you know, grabbing Josh Allen in the fourth round. Um, you know, you're getting, you're getting a lot of risk baked in already in that price. Um, the Vikings are 23rd against opposing fantasy quarterbacks and 27th in, in the pass yards defense. Um, do you, you know, do you, do you uh, have any insight on, you know, if we're going to see Josh Allen this weekend, you know, it's kind of tough right now. Do you, uh, you know, and if we do see him, do you anticipate him having any uh, kind of, you know, being limited at all? Yeah. I mean, I looked at his, um, before this podcast, I was looking at sort of the, the latest on what Josh Allen's status is and they're saying they're taking it one hour at a time. You know, there's a lot of uncertainty whether he'll play. And I think that, to me, is why I don't really like the thought of any player in this game on fantasy because, you know, Case Keenan plays. I can't see Diggs getting the points you need, you know. And the Bills' defense is so strong, I think. Um, I want to say, I don't, I don't think it's in prime time, but it might be in prime time. Um, but, you know, even though they're playing really well, I think against this Buffalo defense, um, their main struggles have been... Um, in terms of the rushing game, um, terms of compared to their passing game, which obviously is the number one in the league or one of the top ones in the league, looking at yards allowed this season, they're fifth when it comes to passing yards allowed overall. And when it comes to rushing yards, they're sixth. So I think that defence is pretty much, if you exclude last week, um, it's been really good all year and it's been really good the last two or three years. So I think this is the one game I think the Vikings can really struggle in. And I think they... Um, but I think, you know, if Josh Allen plays, I think it's a question of whether he's even 100% fit. If he is, then definitely go for him and Diggs. But if it's Case Keenan playing, I think that with the struggles they have in the running game, I don't like anyone in this game, really, because I don't really rate the Vikings to get past the Bills' defence. I don't think they'll get the points offensively if Case Keenan's playing. Okay. Yeah. I mean, that's interesting. I think a lot of this does stem on the health of Josh Allen. I do think this game could get a little bit ugly if Josh Allen doesn't play. Bill's trying to control the ball. Uh, Bill's defense clamping down. Um, you know, if, if Josh Allen's out there flinging touchdown passes, you could just see Kirk, you know, you could see the Bill's defense sit back a little bit. Kirk Cousins just throwing that ball around, um, you know, could get a lot of garbage time fantasy points. So a lot of this does hinge on the health of Josh Allen. I still like that risk there at the fourth and fifth round though. Um, the next one I have up here, Justin Fields. He is the average on the, that between the 13th and fourth player taken a uh, 14th player taken. And you know, that's in that third, that's in that third round range. Uh, lots of upside there. Detroit's 29th against opposing quarterbacks and fantasy points per game. You know, this is kind of that dream matchup. Um, Aaron Rodgers wasn't able to take advantage this week. We talked a little bit about it. Uh, yeah. It's hard to take too many Justin Fields, uh, quarterbacks over Justin Fields this week. Am I right? Yeah, I think the only callback you take over him is probably Mahomes. I think that from everything I said before about this pass defense he's up against and run defense in Detroit, I just think that if you can't get Mahomes, the next callback you should get by far is Justin Fields. Mm -hmm. 
Yep, he's my uh, in my DraftKings lineups this weekend. I will be using Justin Fields as my cash play. I'm feeling really good about that. Um, important to note, you know, this is one I would leave alone on the stack. I think Justin Fields is going to get a lot of production with his legs. I don't think it's a necessity that you do stack Justin Fields um, in these Battle Royale lineups. I think you can just roll Justin Fields out there naked, and he will deliver just fine. Um, so I have next up here who's having a great uh, year himself, Tua. Um, he's 18th player taken. Um, you know, he's number one in QBR right now. He's had a very impressive year. Um, Jalen Waddle, Tyreek Hill are obviously a big part of that. But what are you seeing from Tua to, uh, right now? I think, you know, my podcast I do, I no one was a bigger critic than me uh, in the last couple of years, maybe apart from Colin Coward. I was a Dol- You're a Dolphins fan. This is perfect. Yeah, I'm going to put my hat on, actually. I'm going to put my hat on. Show there we go. Support. Some sort of loyalty towards my team. Um, and yeah, I've been his biggest critic the last two years. I mean, I was very, when he drafted him, I was so excited. And then the first two years, I was basically not impressed with what I saw. But, you know, I've, I've turned around completely now. And I'm, I'm a complete two, I believe. And I really think there's not many callbacks I have over him because everyone could talk about the underthrows. Everyone could talk about the fact that Tyree Kill is making him look better than he is. But for me, He's still putting the balls in the right places and he's not thrown. He's only thrown three interceptions all year. I think one of them was the Bengals game where, of course, he had that concussion still going on. So he's been very impressive. He's been reliable. I mean, that Baltimore Ravens game in week two is already one of my favourite games of all time. You know, that comeback we made in the in the fourth quarter. And I think now we're seeing you know, Tyree Kill was a big advocate of Tua. He was calling him as accurate quarterback in the league. And I think he's proven that this year. And I think, you know, He's just been electric, and I think he's not lost the game he started, apart from the Bengals game, um, five and one, I believe, as a starter this season. And his record as a starter overall is, is pretty impressive. And I think he is just just a winner. And I think that with the AFC East as well, with the Bills losing, was it one win between first and fourth in that division? I think you know there's every potential we could try and get you know that division, especially if Josh Allen's injury is worse than we thought. I think there's certainly a division that for grabs. And I think that Jets game on the final day is going to be just really tense. It's going to be really good. And I think fantasy-wise, I think, you know, Tua has really benefited from Hill and Waddle because he's getting the points from, the, you know, the R's after catch, etc. I think he definitely is, I'd say, against the Browns, I think, against Miles Garrett. I think, I don't know whether this week is the right week to put him in, but maybe if he's there in the fourth, fifth round and he's still available... If, if he is by that point, I think go and get him because I think when you've got Hill and you've got Waddle, I think they can make plays out of nothing, especially Hill. So I think, you know, yeah, fourth and fifth round, I think absolutely go for go for Tua because he is someone that has really benefited from having Tyra Kill on his offense. Um, yeah, absolutely. Um, and Hill and Waddle both have, I believe, a top two round eight piece. But so if you draft one of them, real easy to come back on that third, fourth round. Get a little bit of two or two, um, you know, and th- this is the only this is the only uh, two players that if you that actually like you could double stack. And in, in this format, you could double stack Hill and Waddle just because that target share is so concentrated Tua, I mean, Mike McDaniels and Tua do a great job of getting the ball in their best players hands. I mean, that's you know, it's fantastic. Um, you see Hill and Waddle deliver every single week. Um, it's it's very impressive. Uh, Tua has a lot of upside and he kind of closes this the first tier of guys, I think. Um, you know, I have what do we say there? Uh, five, four guys in total. Um, I'll be drafting them in the bulk of my leagues if I can. Um, 
you know, I'm not afraid to draft a quarterback a little bit earlier, especially considering that the quarterbacks make up such a high percentage of the scoring in this format with only six players. Um, for the next one here, and, you know, this is kind of just my next tier down. These guys, you know, I'm not drafting quite as much, but um, Kyler Murray is still right there with, you know, um, he's a little bit hobbled. I'm, I'm just concerned a little bit about that rushing, and I'm a little concerned about the matchup too, which is why he's not up in the uh, upper tier quarterbacks. But, um, you know, he, he's had a good – I believe he's quarterback six – six on the year still our quarterback seven um you know despite all the hate he's gotten he's still you know a locked in fantasy starter um do you it's gets still been a little bit ugly um sometimes you know it's all it's all second half driven um they, they get blown out of the water in the first half and then kyler murray just runs around flings the ball around and ends up catching back up a little bit saving his fantasy day um what, what do you uh what are some of your impressions of the arizona cardinals offense right now um yeah not not really blown away by it. Um, I think D Hop has come back and made it look somewhat better, especially when you look at fantasy football. But you know, Kyler Murray is not really. I don't think it's even been the same quarterback. I don't think we've seen as many dynamic plays as we saw in his first what, two or three years he's been in the league. I don't think this season he's even had those same kind of plays. But I think maybe now with D Hop back, I think that gives him some sort of upside for the rest of the year. I don't know whether in this game is the best game to put them in because I think even though the Rams are struggling, their pass defense is you know one of the best. It's still tenth or eleventh in the league when it comes to yards allowed, and it's third in the league when it comes to rushing yards allowed. So I think for this week I would avoid Kyler Murray this week because I do think that Rams defense, uh, even though it's you know, three and six, three and seven, whatever they are, um, I I just don't think he's going to necessarily. Perform well on fantasy this week, but I think maybe against lesser teams, he is someone that you can still look at because he still gets the rushing yards and still gets his balls of D hop. But yeah, not not for me this week. Yeah, um, it's just yeah, it's been a weird year for Kyler Murray. Um, you know, he's I saw a really funny tweet. He's uh, he's zero and two since the new Call of Duty came out. <laughs> <laughs> People just this poor guy. I mean, the Arizona Cardinals really, I mean, I, I've been furious. Like, just to even put that in the contract and have it out there, just like this guy's got mandatory studying to do. I mean, you know, I think I think you don't you don't put that in the contract to shame your quarterback like that because now you've invited this kind of criticism upon him for like the rest of his life. So um, yeah, I, you know, I think who that, knows? I think that as well with that. I think we've seen certain players, you think of the butt fumble was Mark Sanchez, you think of Sam Donald seeing ghosts, and I think this thing is going to really basically be on his head the rest of his career. Yep. Um, until until think, he starts winning. Yeah, exactly, and I don't think that's going to happen under Cliff Kingsbury, but um, yeah, I, I think that, I, I think the Cardinals that the screams of complete uh, just complete poor front office behaviour, because that stuff shouldn't be out in the public, that stuff should yeah. surely be privately, because you know, no one was mentioning that before this, before this happened. No one was even thinking about our color where we shouldn't be playing Call of Duty and all that. It's um, I think they've really done him a disservice that Cardinals Cardinals front office. Yeah, I mean, you make people like people do performance based contracts. You know, like this guy throws for seventy yards, Pro Bowl. Mm. But they don't, you know, they they not, but that's how they phrase it. They don't they don't tell just stop playing video games essentially in the contract. <laughs> um, so uh, they they ended up taking it out, but kind of the damage was done. So uh, we we you know not in, not in a, a zero po impossibility that we see Kyler Murray at a different team next year, but uh, I would anticipate him to be with the Cardinals going forward. Cliff Kingsbury is going to be on the hot seat. I feel like he just got a huge big contract. No, mm -hmm. yeah, until twenty twenty seven. I think him and 
Ooh. I don't think both him and Steve Kine both got new deals as well. But I just, I that's I I do question why they gave him such a long deal because I mean I don't know whether the head coach's you know salary is part of the salary cap. I'm not sure whether that's just for players. But... Nope, just for players. Okay, well, that's the case. I think they should probably bite the. I think they may well just bite the bullet at some point because. I don't think I've seen anything from Cliff Kingsley that's impressed me. I mean, everyone forgets that he was fired in college as well. Um, and I don't think you know, they had that great start last year and you all saw that collapse. And I don't think this year has been any better. And I think really, if your quarterback is telling your head coach to calm down, um, I'm going to just mo- remove the, the expletives he used. But um, if, if that's happening on a field, that really does give me a red flag in terms of, it's a bit similar to you know the, the crowd in Denver telling Hackett when the clock was running down. That if Kyler Murray is telling Cliff Cleaver to calm down when it should be the other way around, if anything, that is a massive red flag for me. And I just don't know whether he is the guy moving forward. And I think, especially with you know, everyone's talking about Dallas, but I think if Sean Payton's available, go and get him absolutely because I think that you know, I don't think Cliff Kingsbury has got the he's had three years so far in the league and he's done nothing, in my opinion, to convince me he is head coach worthy in the NFL. I completely agree. Um, the, uh, yeah, it's just it's just been a mess when he has the game plays scripted out at the beginning of the game. The, the Cardinals don't do anything. And then they end up catching back up in the second half when it's just like, Kyler Murray, go run out there and do something. So completely agree. Um, so those are my top five. Um, the next, I'll just gloss over this here because I want to dive into some tight end talk, which is the second most important position on underdog, in my opinion. Um, I have Trevor Lawrence here, uh, you know. Chiefs are just my Chiefs are just terrible. You know, we, we just end we give up points up to opposing quarterbacks and wide receivers. So love this matchup for Trevor Lawrence. I'm not someone I'm jumping up and down and getting just because I think that upside is a little bit limited with him just in that offense. But um, Trevor Lawrence is a nice dark horse and a couple of your drafts um, jumping into tight end. I, you know, second most important position on underdog um, just with the shallower lineups, quarterback and tight end make up so much more of your scoring. So every single um, underdog $50,000 winner has had a top three tight end performance on their, on their roster um, for that given week, except for last week, which was top five. I can't remember who was on there, um, but it was a top five performance. So we are still looking for tight end with a high range of outcomes. So just uh, some guys that I had listed here, uh, Travis Kelsey, TJ Hawkinson, Zach Ertz, and my top tier with um, Greg Dolchitz, Evan Ingram, Dalton Schultz, Cole Komet, and Pat Fryermuth on that next tier. Taysom Hill is a wild card candidate. Take him in one draft if you want to. Uh, but just starting off with Travis Kelsey, I have no problem taking him in the first round. Such a big performance. Uh, yeah, I mean, it, it's it's Travis Kelsey's having a great year. This man's a unicorn at the tight end position, especially just how desolate the uh, just the position is. Uh, the Jaguars, I think. Oh well, I guess they're uh, they're sixth in points against tight end. So they're, you know, it's a tough matchup, but I don't think it'll matter for Travis Kelsey. Now, I think for me, uh, I've got him in one league and I don't ever leave him out apart from a bye week. I think every week he's guaranteed you points. Um, you know, he's just a point score machine, especially now Hill's gone. He's just taken up so much more receptions as well. And I think again, against this, you know, aforementioned pass defense we talked about with Jacksonville, um, I think for me, Kelsey is by far, I think there's not many players you take non-quarterback players you take in the whole league over Kelsey for this week especially I think for me he's in if you got the first round I think I would take him over any player really except for maybe Mahomes and Fields people agree with you he's, he has the 1.7 ADP so he's the first or second player taken at most drafts yeah I, I think he's 
I've said it before, I think he's the best tight end of all time for how he performs in both the regular season and the postseason. Um, his stats are just incredible. I mean, he's getting more yards than a lot of receivers and he's from a tight end, which, you know, in years gone by, years ago, it was just a blocking position. And I think it's developed so much now where, yeah, it's just... I mean, I got to watch him in, in our head score four touchdowns. I've seen him now score five in my lifetime live. Score and score against as well. Um, yeah, he's just, for me, electric. And I think there's not as I'd rather have in my fantasy team than Kelsey, tied from Cooper Cup. I love it. Uh, yeah, top three tied in every week except for one. Um, yeah, he's just he's just consistent, delivers every single week. Um, I think I'm going to fire him up in lineups until his the wheels fall off for this guy, and hopefully not anytime soon. Um, the next player I have up who's significantly further down in drafts, um, you know, um, it's either it's Travis Kelsey and then a significant four-round drop. And then you see uh, TJ Hawkinson is the second tight end taken, already in, in only in his second week with Minnesota. Um, but, you know, it's a little bit of a tough matchup. Buffalo is the ninth. Um, best team against opposing tight ends. Uh, but yeah, eight catches, 70 yards in that first game. Uh, how do you feel about TJ Hawkinson's chances this week? Um, not particularly great, because I said before, I think that, that pass defense from the Bills is one of the best for yards allowed this year. So as well, I think if he was playing them in Detroit, I would like it a lot more because he'd have a lot of the targets and receptions. But I think when you've got, you know, Dalvin Cook, you've got um, you know, Thielen and Jefferson and that, I think he'll still get he'll get targets, obviously, but I just don't know whether this week is the best week to have him. I think you know, if you get to the seventh, eighth round and he's there, take him. But um, I don't think he should be anyone you should be considering taking as one of your top tight ends for me personally, because purely because that Bills that Bills matchup. Um, yeah, I agree, and you know, people aren't overreacting to that first game. You know, he's the twenty fourth player taken, which is pretty late for tight end. So you know, that's the you know, so I think a lot of that risk is baked in. Um, the next player is Zach Ertz. 20, he's the third tight end taken, 29.7 ADP. Um, yeah, no, you know, um, it's hard It's hard to say what these matchups, considering so many tight ends don't hardly get any receiving yards. The matchups against tight ends, I, when you look it up, it's, it's always tough to gauge just because, man, if a team played Travis Kelsey and Mark Andrews, they're going to be one of the worst teams against tight ends. You know what I mean? Everyone else is just kind of meh. But um, so, yeah, but uh, they are seventh against opposing tight ends. So another tough matchup. But, uh, you know, Zach Ertz is double digit fantasy points in all but one game. You know, just a rock solid floor. Uh, I think that you can, uh, you you know, just an easy guy to count on. You know, Kyler Murray is going to be throwing the ball. It's always going to be playing from behind, throwing that ball. Uh, how, how do you feel about Zach Ertz maybe going forward? Yeah, I think that, you know, he's I think he's in the top five this year anyway. And I think that. I do question now, D-Hop's back, maybe some of his, some of his targets have been taken away, uh, whereas before maybe he was Murray's go-to guy. But I do think in this matchup especially, I think that you know, the Rams, you know, they have got the, the 11th best defence when it comes to yards allowed, but they are still leaking points. So I do think that he's someone you can consider, maybe as like a fifth or sixth round option, um, because he's still, yeah, he's still, get, he's still getting points. And I think that you know, Rondell Moore, Dunja Hopkins are getting off the points as well. But I think, you know, it's a tight end. I think Ertz is definitely almost rolling back the years this year with some of his fantasy performances this season. Yeah, it's, uh, yeah, Zach Ertz. Yeah, it looks like the Philadelphia Eagles of old a little bit. So it's super good. Yeah, I, uh, I've been starting Zach Ertz in a lot of lineups. Um, he's a consistent target of me. Um, 
in these underdog battle royale pools just because he's always going a little bit later. And I feel like you are have a really good chance to get in that top three, top top five tight end uh, performance. Maybe that ceiling's just lacking a little bit, which put which puts him back a little bit in drafts. Um, but you know that's a tier for me. And then I just have a, a few other guys here that you know with just some upside. I'm really trying to lock in and get one of those top uh, few guys, Travis Kelsey, in every single draft I can if he's available. Uh, if we, if you have a pick and Travis Kelsey's there, draft him because that'll be important to uh, lock in that position. Uh, but yeah, next up. Uh, Greg Dolchitz, 33.1. Um, I, I, already, I made a joke this week. He's already – I didn't redid my dynasty rankings this week, and I have him at tight end 12, a tight end one already after three weeks. It, I mean, it's just such a desolate position with 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 hardly any upside that it's really easy to move him up like that. Uh, I, You know, the sky's the limit for this guy. He's the second target behind Jerry Judy right now these last few weeks. Uh, what are you seeing from him so far? Yeah, I, I love this pick. I think if you can get Dolchitz, I think – players to have this week. I mean, on the sleeper app, he's had three straight double-digit performances on fantasy football, and he's coming up against the seventh-worst pass defense in the league. So I think uh, when it comes to yards allowed, so I think Dolchic, he proved it recently, you know, I think Russell Wilson seems to be trusting him a lot more than maybe some of his receivers. So I think, you know, I think also because he's not got the name, I think you can get him late on in the draft because people are going to look at, you know, they're going to look at Andrews, not Andrews maybe this week, but like, you know, Kelsey, they're going to look at Hawkins at Zach Hurts. They're not really going to be thinking automatically, I'm going to go for Dolchich. So I think for that reason alone, you can maybe get him quite late on in the draft because for that reason. Um, yeah, it's a, uh, it, he's just been super impressive so far. He had a, a, he had 80 yards on one drive that got, um, that got Denver out of their own end zone a couple weeks ago. And, you know, they were on by last week, but um, super impressive. Like I said, he's been out targeting Sutton this last uh, couple weeks. Um, he has a 17.7% target share these last few weeks, uh, 74 points, four receiving grade. Uh, yeah, and he's, he's been fantastic. So I think you can kind of lock him in lineups going forward as a low tight end one with upside. So I'm super excited about him. And, you know, that's a, probably another little tear break for me. I have Cole Komet written down just because it's a juicy matchup with Detroit, who's 28th against opposing tight ends. Um, Evan Ingram, same thing, 20, Chiefs are 24th against tight ends. Um yeah, you know, it's the Chiefs get burned by everybody. So you could, Evan Ingram, as long as he's healthy, I know he's on the injury report. Another guy I feel pretty safe starting this week. Dalton Schultz, target volume with Dak Prescott, Pat Firemuth, Taysom Hill. You have any favorites among those guys I listed? I like Schultz. I do. I think he's he struggled on fantasy early on in the season. I don't think he was, I think in recent weeks he is, in recent weeks he is performing much better on fantasy. And I think now he's got Dak Prescott back. I think obviously they have they've had a connection for a few seasons now. So I like Schultz a lot more. I don't really like the Engram um thing because um, you know, he's had a lot of single digit performances on fantasy football. Um, you know, and these are all against good teams. He's had single digits against the Chargers, the Eagles, um, he got single digits against the Raiders despite them scoring twenty seven points in total on the game, the Jaguars. Only got one point eighty last week. Um and only got nine against a poor Indianapolis team. So and add in the injury concern as well. I'm not really a fan of Engham. I think he is the last tight end I would take out of those players. I think I would take Hawkinson, Ertz, Kelsey, Schultz, and Dolchich over him any day of the week. Yeah, I, I like that. Yeah, and it's a uh, yeah, we, yeah. Like I said, we're shooting for upside in those positions. Top five, uh, top three every week besides this last week. The grand prize winners had a performance from their tight end. 
top five last week. So shooting for that upside. Thank you for your input on that. And with that here, we're just going to finish up with some wide receiver running back values, and then uh, we'll dive in. I'll just give a brief description. I haven't actually got a chance to do any drafts yet. We're going to do that last week, but Underdog Fantasy is doing new playoff best ball. You know, it's going to be for when the playoffs start. So, um, you know, you draft players. It's a similar – you have six – I believe it's six rounds, so you're drafting six players, and you're factoring in who you think is going to get – they're, they're starting the drafts now, and they run the drafts all the way through January uh, when the playoffs start. So, you know, you do them now, you're, you know, you're, you're playing, you're playing a little bit of guessing game with who, uh, with who could be in the playoffs and who could not be in the playoffs. But in that same breath, you could also, with that risk becomes a little bit of reward because you're getting some players, maybe Tom, you know, Tom, you know, the Bucks still have a great chance of making the playoffs and uh, because of the, you know, the division that they're in and you could see those Bucks players because of their record going way later in drafts. So there's some value to be found as well with that risk. So. We'll dive into that, but uh, just with some wide receiver values that I love really quick. I have uh, Christian Kirk here, 32nd player. I mean, the Chiefs just love giving up points to opposing wide receiver one. Stephon Diggs, Devontae Adams this year, they just continually get burned. Uh, Marquise Brown. Uh, yeah, it was. it's just been a rough year for the Chiefs cornerbacks. Uh, they're the seventh most fantasy points to opposing wide receivers. And Christian Kirk has eight-plus targets in his last three games. How do you feel about the matchup? Yeah, I think with you know with with that one, I I do think that you know they are you know Christian Kirk is one I would take because um, you know he's having a fairly good season despite the money they took, but also you know I don't think they're going to use the Etienne too much or have much success with Etienne because um, he is they have got the fourth best run defense when it comes to yards allowed. So I think Kirk is a player I'd take wide receiver wise for that reason alone because I think he'll get a lot of targets and I think that um they'll have issues when it comes to using Etienne unless they use him in the passing game. So yeah, Kirk for me is one I would I would take. Yeah, and in that fifth, sixth round range, one your last pick potentially, absolutely give me that upside. Alan Lazard, same deal, thirty four point nine, going borderline undrafted in this format. Um yeah, he has a 20% target share in five straight games, double-digit fantasy points in all, each of those five games, too. I think he's a wide receiver, too, now. You know, the, pack, the Packers have no one else. I think he's locked in top 24 wide receiver for me. How do you feel? Yeah, I agree. I mean, he's someone that I think it was two seasons ago, if not three years ago, where he was doing really well in fantasy before he got an injury that pretty much ended the season. And I think that this season, without obviously with Adams gone, everyone knows what's happened there. I think he has turned into Rogers' favorite target. I mean, um, you know, Tonyan's been in and out, fancy wise. You know, we I thought he'd be his number one target, and I think that apart from that, I mean, Romeo Dobbs I like, but he's a rookie, same as Christian Watson, and I think Lazard is reaping the benefits of that. And I think he is definitely for me the one receiver you take from the Packers because he is getting the load when it comes to um, targets as well, and I think he is. Yeah, the only player I would take from the Packers in any sense right now in both sides of the ball. Yeah, absolutely. You know, it's just I, I was on Alan Lazard before the season. I, I was just pounding the table to draft him. So this is I was I was super disappointed to see stuff. Man, I had so many guys I I was a truther on. I was a truther on Javante Williams, Brees Hall, Michael Thomas. I just feel like I've just gotten screwed by these injuries. I feel like my my pro I'm just crying myself to sleep, telling my process was right. If they just stayed on the field, I would have been right. But I should have known that with Michael Thomas, I guess. It's just, but I was super, yeah. 
I'm a little butthurt about it, as you can tell. <laughs> uh, the last wide receiver I had up here, Juju Smith-Schuster. Uh, first five weeks of the season, wide receiver uh, 35 was his best finish. The last three weeks, he's finished as a wide receiver one. Um, yeah, I mean, he's be, he's becoming that locked-in second option behind Travis Kelsey. He's established himself as the best wide receiver on the team. Well, you know, uh, do you do you see this continuing going forward in the future? Yeah, particularly against the Jags, I think he's going to have a field day there. Um, I my one issue with Chiefs receivers is that he does seem to um, spread out the ball a lot to either him or McCall Hardman. So I think in terms of yeah, I think as a flex option, I think you take him. But I think as you know, as your wide receiver one and two, I do question whether for the whole season he's the right guy to have because I do think Mahomes. Part of his brilliance is that he's spreading, he's got such a balanced office now. You don't know whether he's throwing it to McCall Hardman, to Travis Kelsey, to Marcus Valder Scantling, to Juju. But I think, you know, certainly as a, as a, as a maybe you know, fifth, sixth, seventh round option, if he's there, take him because he will get you points. But I don't think you should really touch him in the first three or four rounds. Yep, I completely agree with that. It's just, uh, yeah, it's it, there's it is more risk. So he, there he's going, what is it? Fourth, fourth round, it's 24, 24. Uh, so, so, yeah, six picks per round. He's the 24th player taking. It's going on that fourth round. That's values fine to me. There's a lot of risk there, but, um, you know, this offense, Patrick Mahomes is throwing the ball so much that there should be room for three wide receivers to succeed. Um, and, yeah, uh, McCole Hardman, it's a little shallow for me to draft McCole Hardman, uh, which just, you know, 36 players taken. But, you know, you have a draft. You're at that last pick. You know, wouldn't be wouldn't be afraid to throw maybe McCole Hardman in draft two. Uh, he's been fantastic these last few weeks. Uh, we'll just close up with some running back values here. Uh, to, you know, Tony Pollard, 27th player taken. You know, obviously people uh, have that Zeke factor, but he's uh, his, his efficiency metrics are outstanding. You know, I'm just seventh in yards per carry, third in a breakaway run rate, third in yards per touch. Those stats courtesy of player profiler. A lot of these stats courtesy of player profiler. Thanks so much to Matt Kelly, the pod father, for putting all that stuff out there. Um, but yeah, Tony Pollard, you, uh, man, you see, I know. Feel like Jerry Jones just won't give us Tony Pollard season. <laughs> do, you, do, do you do you think this will be kind of a do you think that was an ab- abnormality last week and we'll just see a split backfield going forward? Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I, I do like Tony Pollard. You know, Packers have been dire straight to me. They're just like really poor, performing badly. And I think you know we've got the worst, the fifth worst run defense in the league. The Packers when it comes to yards allowed, and he. Pollard is pretty much guaranteed points every week. I think he's had double-digit scores each week on fantasy pretty much all year. Um, I think that I don't think Zeke. I think you know even. I don't think Zeke is getting. I think they're slowly. I think they are slowly realizing now that maybe Pollard is the guy, and I think that contract has really affected the Cowboys. But at the same time, I do like the fact they're limiting his game because we've seen a lot of running backs in recent years. Zeke was one of them, actually. That you know they get you so much in their first few years, and then it can often affect them injury-wise. So I do like the fact they're keeping him sort of you know a bit limited because when he does play, then he's absolutely electric. But I think you know, I think next season, maybe the year after, he'll be the number one guy, and I think Zeke Elliott. I think his time is running out in Dallas, unfortunately, as a, as a number one back. And I think that Pollard, certainly in a, in a dynasty league, I mean, I've got him in one, absolutely, because I think going forward, whether he he may even get traded in the offseason, I don't know whether he may want to go somewhere where he's the number one guy. Um, and I think if that's the case, get him now if you can on dynasty, because next, if he goes to a new team where he's the number one back, I guarantee he won't be available past the second or third round in a 
12-person league, and I think that he is against Packers, who in such bad form, you absolutely take him this week. Yeah, I, Packers are a mess right now. You know, the defensive stats are they're pretty good for the year, but they they they've been getting uh, they've been kind of getting roasted these last couple of weeks. Um, so it's a good matchup for Tony Pollard, in my opinion. Uh, I also had Damian Pierce here, twenty third player taken uh, since week four. He's had a top thirteen running back uh, since week four. Four top thirteen running back finishes, uh, top uh, twenty plus uh, uh, rushing attempts plus receptions since week two. Uh, just getting a ton of opportunity in this offense. Uh, I, it's time, time to put some respect on this man's game. And, you know, he's becoming one of the, you know, just the premier backs in this league right now. He's fourth round pick. You know, um, it's it's tough to get away from the draft capital, but it's also tough to look away from how he's playing. Yeah. I mean, you mentioned before about um, sort of trades you regret. And I did trade, I did uh, get rid of Damian Pierce after week three, I think. And the same week, I, I did trade away. My, it's probably my worst ever trade I've ever done now. I traded away with Monjay Stevenson because I was concerned about um, targets for Chase Edmonds. <laughs> so that, oh. that is probably one of the worst draft trades ever. Oh, Mike, I, I don't know what. I mean, Stevenson, I, I picked him about four different leagues and I traded him away in the last <laughs> three. And I, and I think the same thing with Damien Pierce. I mean, he's just been, I mean, I watched him last week against the Eagles in Houston and he was just the one positive of that Houston offense. And I think. He got 131 yards, I believe, last week against the Eagles in what was a pretty poor offensive performance. And I do think that he, you know, he had a lot of hype coming into the draft, especially as like a late round pick on fantasy as well. And he's a late round pick, I believe, in a real draft. And um, and yeah, he's just been so good the last few weeks. And I think that, you know, you think about that team that played the Chiefs and that famous loss in the divisional round. Imagine if you had that team, if they had a good running back like him. So imagine if you had Damon Pierce alongside Sean Watson, JJ Watt, Hopkins. I think that team may have gone a lot further. And I think that it's a shame for the Houston Texans that they've now found a good, found a good running back, you know, <laughs> after years of not having one. Yeah, absolutely. I, yeah, it's just been incredible. I was, uh, you know, I just, he wasn't a huge target of mine in, dra- in fantasy drafts or anything like that. Uh, you know, obviously when the hype, train started building in August I started paying attention but um especially in that early summer he wasn't a huge target I, I liked him I drafted in some dynasty leagues when he was dipping in that late second round third round range but um yeah I, I thought he might be more of a one-year stopgap player as opposed mm-hmm. to maybe potentially the running back of the future in Houston so super exciting for him uh last player we will talk about today I have uh, Dalvin Cook 25.7 there's no stand-down metrics on Dalvin Cook. He doesn't have any efficiency metrics that I would point to to suggest this. It's a relatively tough matchup, but he does have four straight uh, top 14 RB performances, and this is Dalvin Cook, one of the most talented running backs in the league, and that's the only basis I have on that. Uh, just uh, just seems like uh, when you have a player with that upside going in the fifth round that um, you know I'm, a, I'm, I'm willing to take that risk there. Uh, you talked about Dalvin Cook a little bit earlier. Do, do you have an outlook on this game at all? Yeah, I think for me, going back to Dalvin Cook's fantasy <laughs> value, um, I do feel that he is, you know, someone you have to take, especially if you mentioned the fifth round, like you say, I, I do think that he's someone you absolutely take, because even though I think the Bills, you know, are great defensively, I mean, or how much I rate them on defence, um, at the same time, I think Dalvin Cook, if they are struggling, especially in a passing game against that Bills pass defence, I think that... Cook will get a lot of the carries, and I think we've seen that already in recent weeks. He's getting more and more. I think the start of the year, maybe 
But um, I think for me, a player like him, there's a few, there's, there's a few players in the league that you have to play every week regardless. And I think he's one of them because he is a fact, basically almost, almost every week a guaranteed point to make on fantasy. I think that he may be the key to winning this game over over maybe you know, Thielen or Jefferson. Yeah, I agree. I think this could be end up being a Dalvin Cook game, especially if we don't see Josh Allen play, and this is a little bit more of a low-scoring affair. Um, you know, I was going to talk about this uh, best ball stuff, but you know what? I'm just going to dive into it all next week. So, you know, we'll uh, we'll end it there. But what uh, what's the deal? Where are you heading? What are some of the next couple places you're heading to, my man? So I'm currently in Charlotte, Carolina. Um, I'm there until Saturday morning. And then I've got a fairly busy week, so I'm going to Tennessee on Saturday. So I'm going to watch t- Titans Broncos on the Sunday. And then I've got a few non-sport stuff, like you know, I'm going to Graceland in Memphis on the Tuesday, provided there's no delays with my bus, because I have got a tour on the Monday of a mountain of a mountain tour, which gets me back into into the, the bus station about two hours before my next one leaves. Um, so I've got a bit of a tight schedule, but hopefully that can pull off because I really want to go and see Graceland. And then I then fly on Wednesday to Green Bay, um, and everyone can tell from that what game I'm going to. Titans uh, Packers on Thursday night football, which I'm so excited for because it is a stadium, the mecca of NFL stadiums. It really is um, something. And then I'm going to Pittsburgh, seeing a family friend out there who lives there. And provided we can get tickets, we're going to go to watch the Steelers against the Bengals in Pittsburgh, when I'm hoping the Bengals can lose. <laughs> I like it. So that, 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 that's a, such a fun trip. Mm. I don't think anybody has gone to Green Bay for any other reason other than <laughs> to go to a Green Bay Packer football game. So yeah. no disrespect to the people of Green Bay. It's a small town. I think you guys are aware of that. <laughs> but yeah. yeah, that's awesome, man. And uh, how about some of the stuff you're working on going forward? You got some uh, podcasts or any r- articles you got coming out soon? Yeah, so I'm writing for many different articles. Uh, so websites writing articles. So I'm still working for DolphinsTalk.com, which is one of the biggest Dolphins websites in, in the world. Um, still writing for The Touchdown, which is a British-based NFL site. Uh, Pro Football Mania, which is a site, um, American-based website. And then also I've got, well, a fair new podcast, but it's sort of changed networks. Um, the Across the Pod podcast, which is a obviously a play on words on Across the Pond, um, NFL chat. We do NFL week previews where we predict every game and have a leaderboard, and then we review the action as well. And I try to get every week a fan of the team, an NFL fan, and then on the same episode in a separate recording, have a fan of the team the Dolphins played. So I had a Bears fan on this week. I'm going to try and get a Browns fan on next week, you know, and do that. And also, obviously, I know this is mainly a US audience, but I am potentially doing some stuff for UK TV at the Green Bay game for Channel 5. I did some work for the Broncos Colts game, so I'm hoping for a better game this time. And I'm hoping, all fingers crossed, that that goes through. And I'm hoping to get some more TV work out in America. So it's all going well. Just got my master's degree in sports journalism, so I'm hoping that now I can make what I do as a hobby a full-time gig. I love that, man. Congratulations to you. That's you know that sounds fantastic. I love all the pods and everything like that. But uh, thanks for joining me today. It will be. uh, I'll be doing. I do, you know, I do weekly articles for SGPN, uh, Five Yard Rush you, mm. is a UK-based website. And I, I do a lot. I do a weekly article, Dynasty Risers and Fallers for them. They're all fantastic. Uh, I also do a weekly biggest headlines, fantasy football headlines article for the Fantasy Coaches Podcast. So you'll see me all there. You'll see this podcast every week. So thanks for having, thanks for coming on, Andy. I no really problem. appreciate it. 
course. Oh, Chloe, it, before, before I forget, mm -hmm. I also do a YouTube channel called Euro Trips with a Z rather than an S. Well, I've done vlogs for pretty much every game I've been to so far, so do check it out. Euro Trips, so Euro, then T R I P Z. I've done vlogs for all but three of the games I've been to, so do check it out and um, try and build that subscriber count up. This this guy doesn't stop moving, my goodness. All right. Well, hey, yeah, good luck with all that, man. Check this guy out. Super knowledgeable uh, sportscaster, and you'll be seeing him a lot more. I have no doubt about it. Good luck this weekend, everyone. Thanks for joining us. Thank you for having me. Of course. And then.